You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations and Meditations. I am your host, Virgil Varix, and today is October 28th, 2018. And let's get into the show. So before we start, I just want to mention that uh, the posts are up on the website, www.conversationsandmeditations.com. Uh, the post concerning uh, Frankenstein, uh, Blade Runner, and, uh, Mary, uh, and uh, John Milton's Paradise Lost is all up there. So if you guys are interested in... Um, you know, movies, books, literature, anything of the sort, and you find that that might be advantageous to you to go check it out, please do. And the ever uh, tempting show notes are still continuing to be uh, updated and filled. I've uh, been kind of backed up. I was on a business trip earlier this week and uh, didn't get a chance to work on them as much as I wanted to. So apologize for that, and you'll be getting those soon. So today I have a very special guest. Um, I just want to preface this by saying that I want to thank her first for making all the beautiful artwork that's on my website and that's on top of, you know, uh, part of the brand and it's on some of the blog posts. So today I have Awkward Hermit. How you doing? Great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Glad to hear. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So today uh, I want to kind of start off with, you know, talking about art and its importance in the world, its significance to yourself and maybe its significance to the listeners out there, what people might think would be uh, an interesting way to go down. So I kind of want to, you know, briefly talk about some of the artwork you did for me and for the show. Um, so what can you say about some of the artwork you did? And and if you had to pick uh, some of your most favorite working on, what would you say has been your favorites? Honestly, um, I'd have to say because of the I'm a lover of color mm -hmm. and uh, I, I love some of the ideas that you've thrown towards me. But um, I'd have to say the original logo design with mm -hmm. uh, um, the Greek bust and, and the sort of uh, – I've struggled to find a good term for what to call it, but that style of color I sort of just refer to as an acid trip. Of, it is, of yeah. <laughs> it is. It definitely is an acid trip type of color scheme. Uh, yeah. So what did you find uh, most interesting about that piece that you worked on? What, I mean while working on it, what did you find that was different? You know, in the moment, just the, the conceptualization of the actual thing. What what from there kind of stood out to you? So I well, to begin with, I like the contrast of the the Greek bust with the the, the colors because mm -hmm. those aren't two things that usually coincide. Mm -hmm. Like when you go into a museum, you don't see an excess of color in every single statue. No. And, um, I I just uh, from an artistic standpoint, I 
really enjoy tedious detail, like mm. brush strokes and painting. Mm-hmm. And so when I do a lot of my digital work, um, I do everything by hand. I, I really only use the brush tool within uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. And uh, I use this other program called Clip Studio. And mm. so I, it's like I'm painting just digitally. And yeah. So, Every brush stroke in those colors is something that I, I experienced in, in detail. And so. yeah, so there's there's a there is a tangible aspect to it versus you know sometimes. So when you're actually working, you actually do have a tactile feedback and everything like that exactly. while going through. So okay, so that I guess that kind of switches that kind of changes things up and takes it to the next level in terms right. of digital artwork. Um, now, do you find that because when I when I thought about that, I thought about a lot of ancient and you know antiquities uh statues and artwork a lot of them were actually painted prior right and then right. you know the paint kind of dissipated over time exactly. so i kind of thought like well let's let's see something kind of crazy something wild so i really went with that and you really made it you know come to reality so again thank you for for making that part of you know a staple of the show and a staple of uh you know, kind of the identity of the show really so, <laughs> so thanks for that well you're more than welcome awesome <laughs> so what do you, I mean, who are your biggest influences? I mean, when, when we talk about art, you know, uh, what inspires people, what brings people to engage in art? What or who um, from history, from uh, current time has inspired you to go and, you know, pursue this type of uh, career path? I would say there are five people in particular hmm. that I, I've taken a lot of influence from. But the thing is, um, every time I'm exposed to new ideas, that person influences them. Mm. It's just that within my life, um, I, I've had a few in particular that have, have really inspired me to want to continue what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, being a dear friend and um, somebody who I've really looked to in regards to uh, the creative process. Awesome. They go by the name Neon Slushy or Nico. Okay. Um, but even as a kid, uh, they they raised me to... Or they didn't really raise me, but I mean, they yeah. do refer to me as their child. The whole, yeah. <laughs> um, but the um, they they sort of helped propagate my sense of creativity in the last mm. year, especially. They've wow. guided my direction because I, you know, they're they're successfully living as a freelance artist right now. And, yes. Um. So I appreciate any and all advice and influence that they've provided. But okay. Awesome. As far as style goes, yeah. um, I've got four artists in particular that I've I've been obsessed and enamored by for mm. the last <laughs> um, decade or two. Yeah. Uh, but Hayao Miyazaki is going to sound mm. kind of cliche, but um, all of his film has uh, been a great influence in who I am as a person and mm. as well as what I value artistically. Yeah. So, like it's fascinating. I I feel kind of odd comparing myself to him because I really think that's one of the most pretentious things I could do. <laughs> he's, he's beyond my level, but um, I've always loved his environments and in detail in mm. regards to um, greenery, especially. And so yeah. that's something I try to incorporate very in vibrant. my stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Very it's, vibrant. It's very I, beautiful. I, I was introduced to him not uh, as a, as a young person. I would say more so in high school. Right. So I never really was. I mean, the only anime I was like exposed to. I did see uh, Spirit Away a long time ago, mm-hmm. and then I saw, you know, Dragon Ball Z and the other type of uh, – <laughs> The classics. Yeah, the classic, uh, you know, anime out there. And something that I've come to realize is that, you know, when you don't uh, experience art – I mean, when, you, when you're when you older and get art versus mm-hmm. when you're younger and get art, it's really – it's really – it's really uh, – you can really pinpoint the moment where – some type of artwork had an impression on your overall like worldview and Absolutely. how the artwork like really 
transcended above the artwork itself and kind of became part of you in a way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it, that's really cool. So I remember watching um, as a young person The Lion King and really loving the artwork in there. Right. And then, you know, realizing that, oh, wow, a lot of these symbols are, you know, within Lion King primarily because, you know, they've been around forever. Right. And throughout work, I mean, even even parts of the movie where, you know, you're, you're seeing certain things, they have like this biblical type of, you know, uh, uh, type of artwork to it in the sense of uh, maybe like uh, one of the movies out there, um, Ten Commandments with uh, right. Charlton Heston. It has a lot of this, you know, backdrops and scenery that remind me of that. Yeah, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really weird. But um, so that's awesome. Who are the other two influences? Um, three, so, uh, well, it was three. Three um, more, yes. So Rumiko Takahashi is mm-hmm. the creator of Inuyasha and Ranma 1 Half. And okay. those are the two anime and manga that inspired me when I was about eight years old. Um, those are the reason, as well as Pokemon, which was created yes. by Satoshi Tajiri. So he's okay. the he's the other one. He's Although one. he's okay. he's not quite an artist, but he is the 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 main creator of Pokemon. Obviously, yes, and he yes. made the designs. Visionary. Um, so I would say between those two, they um, they're the reason I started drawing so obsessively as a kid. Mm. Which, if not for that, I would not have. Be, been drawing as much into adulthood as well. Wow. So it gradually my interests changed, but um, I, I can't even describe the the obsession that I had with both of these. Yes. Or with uh, the works of both of these people. So, <laughs> And then further on down the, la- uh, the line, um, Hans Rudolf Geiger, um, mm-hmm. who designed the xenomorph from Alien yep. and is just a beyond insanely <laughs> unique artist. Um, Very much so. He's... Uh, as far as my personal art goes, I, he sort of inspired me to accept a lot of the more darker works that I mm-hmm. uh, like to make. Yep. And there, there's just some quality in his work that I, I can't help but love and be disturbed by. And well, yeah. So, I mean, the macabre, you know, in, in general, the nature of of that type of work, because it's there's a human aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But there's also something, you know, more than human that's there. But also – it's um I mean when I when I look at his his work it just reminds me of you know obviously alien but also like a Marilyn Manson video. Right, absolutely. Yeah, in a lot yeah. of ways. <laughs> I mean a lot of the symbolism and a lot of the, the, the style is obviously, you know, taken and inf- you know influenced Marilyn Manson as well yeah. over time. But that's that's really cool. Wow. Okay, cool. Um so I, uh, let me see. I want to kind of go into like a different, you know, line in questioning now and I kinda of wanna to talk to you about, you know, the role of artists in society. Right. Um, art itself, you know, and kind of the message behind art or whether there should be a message. Should art be like didactic, like preaching at people or should art be more so subtle where the message is the artwork itself? So I'm going to go into the first question here and and ask uh, what do you think the artist's role in society? What do you think uh, their purpose is, the I artist? Think- um, artists oftentimes we're we're the cultural scribes of mm. society. So mm-hmm. you know you always see influence of what is going on within the period taking mm-hmm. um, effect on the artist's work, and it, it's really interesting to see that throughout all art history, like where yeah. where people are and and the imagery as as a result. Um, I I think art doesn't always have to have a specific message, but oftentimes. You know, a hundred years later, it does as a result of that. So you, yeah. you can look at it from a historical viewpoint and see so much more than what the artist might have originally t- intended. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, artists don't have to create anything with the intention of of sending a message. Or yeah. even the artwork might not even have like a pure message. It is being itself. It, yeah. it might just be like I enjoy a certain. 
uh, effect, like working with clay is, is therapeutic to me. And so like it might mm-hmm. not mean anything to other people. But. Yeah. Well, I, I was just thinking and I was writing down some things before I got here. And, um, you know, one thing I looked at and I was thinking about is that, you know, art should reflect life, mm-hmm. at least in some in some aspects of w- the way I view art. I mean, art should reflect life as it can be and ought to be mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I think uh, art has a tendency to do that. Right. And that's more of the romantic, you know, art in, yeah. in general. <laughs> uh, and I feel like a lot of nat- naturalistic art, which is beautiful, which is fantastic, but I feel like that's more it's more like journalism right it, it lacks a certain soul well like, yeah it's well it's more like journalism in a lot of ways i mean you it's 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 a lot like that but um but also even in in romantic uh, art other otherwise you know in, in films and in, in tv shows and uh movies uh it it kind of teaches it shows you what humans might be and what humans ought to be and it tells you like well look you're a human this is a human and you can – if you want to, you can rise to this level. So like seeing the image um, – I want to – the image of the Russian Revolution. I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, portrait, but it was on uh, Coldplay's Viva La Vida's album. And so that image right there mm-hmm. is to me one of the most uh, fantastic paintings of uh, Western civilization primarily because it en- encompasses so much emotion mm-hmm. within one – frame right absolutely and that's I and mean, that's to me that's that's what i get out of art and people in people like to look at art as some type of high culture type mm-hmm. of thing and yeah. <laughs> i think that's a huge misconception right so i mean in terms of high culture and you know people's misconception of art what do you think people get wrong about art that they should maybe reinvestigate and kind of look into it a little deeper um i find it disappointing the the cultural view of art sometimes is they they like in movies or in Mm -hmm. any um media depicting artists they they show them as very pretentious and exclusionary and i granted there are artists that are like that but i think it's that's like a top one percent sort of thing that's that's the true fine art that gets sold for ridiculous prices even (laughs) though you're you're essentially buying garbage yeah um i think uh, I, I wish that people felt that art belonged more to them because I think mm. anybody can look at a piece of art and have an emotional experience. Yes. That's the power of art. It's just yeah. that we oftentimes market art as as being <laughs> a, a little too pretentious or sometimes it is a little too pretentious in, yeah, well, in the messages that are being sent. Exactly. I mean a lot of times with, with a lot of art, uh, a lot of people can look at art and um, – see a reality you know that they can't really relate to mm-hmm. is and sometimes that kind of turns people off right absolutely so when i was at the art gallery of ontario last year and uh, there was this image it was a, it was a beautiful painting um of a young boy in his room and he had a record player and there was a light on top and there was mm-hmm. wood everywhere and then he, he was just chilling in his bed and there was a window and the window had all his friends outside you know, throwing snowballs and creating snowmen. And I I remember like staring at that picture and just getting, you know, taken back to my childhood. Mm And there's something, I mean, with art, the same like music, when you hear a song and it brings up a memory, I feel like with art, you see something and it can bring up memories of your life. So I I think art can, uh, I would, I would say like, uh, trigger good and 
negative emotions right. from people. Well, that's the power. Is, is yeah. art is oftentimes just pure emotion to some people. Um, mm-hmm. Like you, you look at a piece, and how do you not feel something? How do you not have an experience? Yeah. Um, I think honestly, the only art that I ever call or would consider bad art, which again is a, a per, of a personal opinion, is that that I, I can't connect to the, yeah. the stuff that I don't know how to have an emotional experience with. Yeah, that's why I struggle with contemporary art, especially. Mm-hmm. I sort of just feel frustration that yeah. something that I otherwise don't understand is, is being credited as genius, and I yeah. just don't see it. I mean, I had I had a few of those experiences. I mean, I, like I said, at the Art Gallery of Ontario, where you know, um, I saw this. You know, I was just going through this. You know. Picasso, Van Gogh, and all these beautiful paintings, right. and, and you know, uh, paintings from uh, what was it from? I think uh, some parts of Africa and some parts of the Middle East. They were there, and from uh, other parts of Asia. And then I got to you know um, a piece, and it was just canvas with a giant red circle, mm-hmm. and then another giant red circle inside, a little bit darker, and another giant red, another you know smaller concentric circles. Each one getting darker in the middle, a really tiny white dot. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, and you know, and to me, you know, um, I, I was standing there and I was looking at it, and I was there with some family, and I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And I think in in that way, um, stuff like that. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that's what art is. Yeah, and it, uh... like that's a re- that's the representation they have of art. I mean, they they don't they don't think. Uh, I mean, today I would say people don't really like to think of the older artwork. Mm-hmm. They kind of see that as like stuff of another civilization that wasn't here, like stuff that was made before they were born, right? <laughs> or, or made or made before the modern era, before there was you know buildings like the size we have now and mm-hmm. all types of vehicles. So I think that's where the misconception comes from is when they when people do see, you know, a circle within a circle within a circle with a smaller circle in the middle. Right. You know, people are just like, what? How do people pay X amount of million dollars for this? Like, exactly, why? Yeah. But that, that goes to show that, you know, art is subjective mm-hmm. and value is subjective and, and right. people value certain things more subjective than others. So what do you think about, um, you know, uh, when you talked about message, right? Mm-hmm. If any message you have throughout your art or art that you try to create for yourself um, versus – I mean obviously there's a difference between art you create for yourself and art you create for clients. Right. Those are two different things. But the art that you create for yourself, part of your personal portfolio, is there a message within that? And if there is a message, um, how did that message develop over time? Over, over, And when I say over time – I mean, over the time of you honing your skills over the years. Right. Um, well, in in the last few years, especially, mm-hmm. art has oftentimes, when it's my personal work, it's a form of three, free therapy. Yes. yes. Um, and I, um, through, throughout my life, I've, I've sort of felt emotionally isolated from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I've, I've struggled with understanding how to connect with others and, mm-hmm. and feel bonds that I think a lot of people seem to have naturally or they form naturally. And... Um, I, I hate to throw the word depressed out so, no. so easily, but I, I've experienced a strong depression yes. because of that, because I, I don't, you know, I struggle with connection. Right. And I found some of the most amazing connection through art, uh, created by other people. And in many ways that sort of alleviates the, the emotional pain or the baggage that comes along with that isolation. And th- it would be my wish through any of my work that I've done that is personal that somebody else might be able to feel connection or they, they feel somewhat comforted in, in ways that I needed early mm-hmm. in my life. Now, that's that's so fascinating because um, 
see, this is when I think a person goes from like, oh, I'm studying art to I've, I'm becoming an artist mm-hmm. is when they can put their their entire being really right. within their work and then manifest that, manifest the concepts in their head into reality. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it's a, it's a form of, of, of therapy. And I, I, I 100% agree with that. And from from what I was just observing by you saying that, you know, the idea that you put something on a canvas that is so personal mm-hmm. and then invite other people to then share in that is really the most um, – what's the word? Outgoing type of thing you could do. <laughs> and I, when you just take take that as, as it is, putting down raw emotions right. into a into a canvas, presenting that to the world, mm-hmm. asking people to look at it and observe it themselves. Right. With the possibility of a connection being drawn between another person and your artwork. Right. So that really is – see, I find that as the bridge between, you know, between artists and, mm-hmm. you know, the people that enjoy their work mm-hmm. primarily is the art. And art is so much more than just what we mentioned, but it's also a tool to connect people together. It's a tool Absolutely. to connect um, individuals, civilizations, families. I mean, uh, I, I, I mentioned this to you not too long ago. Um, something that was done during the Hellenistic period uh, after Alexander took over Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, right after he died, um, Ptolemy the, the first, Ptolemy Soter took over. And it, his, Alexander's main goal was to take Greek civilization and take Egyptian civilization, Babylonian civilization, and merge them all together and make one giant mixed civilization. Mm -hmm. Bring the best out of all in each of You know, it's like the first incarnations of a melting pot before there was a melting (laughs) pot. You know, the first ideas of, you know, quote unquote, multiculturalism without, you know, the current incarnation of it. But you could see it in the in the sarcophagus of 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 rich people uh, Mm -hmm. in in uh, Fayum in in Egypt. The. the sarcophagus's faces were actually painted in a very Byzantine Hellenistic type mm-hmm. of style. And you see that and it's it's an Egyptian sarcophagus. It, it, it's actually the same exact thing, you know, not with the adornments and everything, but with a Greek Byzantine type of style. And you see that and you kind of wonder like, wow, it didn't take that long for the art, the art from one world and the art from another world to be brought together and married and put into this way. Yeah. So what you're saying there, I feel like, yeah, your artwork has the potential to connect people to you, but I think also has the potential to connect people to their artistic side and want them to go out there and make stuff. I mean, like you said, you found, you know, meaning in somebody's work. Right. And that meaning drove you then to go and create artwork exactly, out there. Exactly, yeah. So it's it's really a beautiful, you know, full circle type of thing where you become influenced and the influence, you know, you become obsessed with it to the point where – I have to do this. And if I'm not doing this, I'm not living. Right, right. So it's such an essential part. You know, I think, you know, that's, you know, that's why I feel like for artists out there, I mean, all the artists I know, if they're not doing what they're doing, they don't feel alive. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know what I mean? They don't, they don't feel like themselves. Yeah. There's something, there's something off. And I think that's such an important thing because everybody responds in in different ways to certain things, Mm -hmm. different stimuli that comes into their lives. But I find the ability to take sorrow, pain, misery, joy, any of these emotions and then put it and, and, you know, save it as some type of, you know, memory Mm 
mm-hmm. of that particular emotion that you felt. That that to me is so uh, – that's what's so magical about art. Absolutely, yeah. I mean I've done that several times where hmm. I'll, I'll look back on pieces that I've made and, and you know, a very different place emotionally, yeah. intellectually even. And yeah. it's, it's funny to be able to connect myself from so long ago and reflect on a situation with different eyes. Yeah. Now, do you – do you think that art is like a selective recreation of reality according to the artist's worldview? Um, I would say without a doubt, every time an artist creates something, they they put like a piece of their metaphorical soul to some mm, degree yes. into it. So yes. like regardless of how honest they may, they might be trying to be, yeah. it's always going to be slightly skewed to their perspective. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can uh, th- that's, and that's what I find so interesting. You can have two people, you know, paint something mm-hmm. and get two various and completely completely different things. Exactly, and be like, "Wow, you know, I see it. I see this thing, and I see how you incorporated your, you know, uh, talents and your vision towards that, and and the other person to that as well." So it's it's yeah, it's so great. I right. mean, just even even just thinking about you know, because I think you know art tells us you know i mean tells us like which aspects that we should appreciate of uh society for sure without a doubt you know and i, I not just you know painting i mean all types of art uh and but i was gonna ask you like do you think art tells us you know which aspects of the human experience you know is to be regarded as significant essential and important because i i think that you know like I talked about high society, people think that's what art is. But I think that, you know, art is a representation of what needs to be – what we art re- represents what's significant, what's important, what's essential, uh, depending on the art, obviously. Right. But I think art art in itself as a institution um, – yeah, as an institution, I think that's what it does. Now, do you do you think that art – is as significant or should be significant and important for the for the culture and how can we how can we make that more significant and more important to to other people um see i would say that art regardless of how people feel about it will always be significant because it's it's always happening um whether it's behind a curtain or in plain sight yeah um and i do think that art might sort of indicate it doesn't necessarily reflect what we need to value but it does show sometimes what what people value at the time so mm-hmm. um like i can't imagine most people during uh earlier periods or, or like during the romantic era all the the portraits that were painted of royal family do we really yeah. value royals as no. much as we think like no um to the exactly. average person so no, exactly. it, it depends on the time period and, yep. and where we are but um I would definitely say that it, it's a reflection of what the artist may value. And so mm-hmm. at, at the time for, for a portrait, does the artist really value this person? No, they value no, the yeah. employment. They, they, exactly. They value exactly. patronage. So, yeah, it's, it's important, I guess, to, dis- to distinction between art that an artist made for themselves and right. art that other people make um, for other people. Yeah. You know, so um, now some of the things I want to talk about now and, and kind of get into is – um, arts, the experience that I have with art personally mm-hmm. and, uh, things that I've, so w- when I, when I did go to uh, AGO and, uh, I did, you know, see some of this stuff, 
um, it, art, the art there took me back to the time. So when I would look at the look at the painting, right, and then I would I'd look at the date, mm-hmm. and then I just kept staring at it and looking at it, and I was like, you know, I slowly felt myself being transported back into that time. Um, there was a painting of a family, uh, butchering a deer and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they're wearing their, you know, uh, old ass clothes and all this <laughs> stuff. And I was like, you know, looking at it and I'm like, wait, this is, this is that, what, that was what life was like back then. Right. You know, and then you, you look at it more and then you see the little, you see the kids toys in the back and mm-hmm. then you see little things in here and there that you were not necessarily meant to notice. Right. But they're there. And the thing is, I've, I've had a trans, you know, like a, a real like religious experience at, at, at an art gallery. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, I think it was, it might have been, uh, I'm trying to remember the painting itself. It, it could, I think it was, uh, the Greek gods versus uh, fighting the Titans. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was huge. Like when I say huge, I mean, it was like double the room in terms of height. Right. And like, you know, three or four times in terms of width. And I was just standing there like, what? What is this? Mm-hmm. How, when, you know, like, how did you take this much time to create something of this magnitude and the vision you have to have before doing that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine the work you must need before you can actually put it to the canvas yeah. <laughs> and actually put it there. So. I just sat there or, or just standing there with my mouth open, just like, what? And I feel like for a lot of people that come and go to these places, it's it's kind of like a, in a lot of ways a substitute for a church or some type of religious institution Definitely. because you get the community aspect. You can yeah. sit there and talk with somebody about a piece for like literally 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You get the connection to something greater than yourself. Right. And that's what I think. That's why I recommend that everybody should go to any art museum, the closest one to you. Please go to it. And then you, you might, you know, God willing, have this experience where you will be connected to something that's bigger than you. It's bigger than the artist. It's bigger than the painting. But, you know, it's, it's something more. And when I, when I say that I'm not talking about something metaphysical or something spiritual or something, you know, non-objective, what I'm, what I am talking about is, the so the way I look at history um, is that humanity over time has had you know there's been great people who've figured things out and then everybody else is just taking what other, what other, you know great people have figured out and just building upon it and building upon oh right. another cool thing another cool thing mm-hmm. so when I look at art. That's kind of the representation of like, well, wow, this person has built upon the cave paintings. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and the thing is, that's the cave paintings were so fascinating to me because, because, um, you know, that's when we had a chance as a civilization to not worry about, you know, oh, it's giant wolf coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, tsunami. Oh, we have to find, you know, some food. That was a time when humanity at that point in particular was like, Hey, we have a creative side. Right. Yeah. This is, this is, this is within us. And then from there, you know, the cave paintings in France that, you know, were made 80,000, 70,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you think about it. And then obviously the pottery that was made. Right. Uh, even, even longer. Um, now, do you think that the trajectory of art, the way it's gone over history, and mm-hmm. you've probably studied a good amount of art history over the years. So yep. you'd probably be able to answer this really well. Um, do you think the trajectory of art has gone towards a a uh, 
a more downward uh, fashion. And when I say downward, what I do mean is the uh, so art that's not focused on so art that's focused on deconstruction, right? Um, like postmodern, yeah. Anything. <laughs> uh, well, well, yeah, but like art that's focused on deconstructing mm-hmm. versus you know. Um, I even can't find the right you know word for this, but <laughs> at constructing no, but because uh, a lot of that art to me is is pretty interesting. Well, I would say um, throughout but, throughout history, a, a lot of what art was, and you you see a progression in in the styles of painting, were for masters to observe and understand the mm-hmm. previous masters and mm-hmm. build upon that and and get more and more refined in their abilities, and mm-hmm. and from there you can be creative and you can create. Um, Anything like um, so looking at naturalistic pieces that are painted in extreme detail with um, beautiful rendering and um, that look like photographs, essentially. And and from there, you, you get a basic image and you can record anything you want. But I think that allows for for creativity. And that's where surrealism steps in, which is mm-hmm. personally my favorite um, type of art, because um, I think through surrealism, uh, that that dreamy effect, you yes. can you can observe and and describe things about reality that otherwise might not be as easily conveyed. Yes. But I think um, now a lot of people claim that contemporary art is is trash or like a lot of it is, is not good. And, and so I think that's what you were saying in, in the deconstruction or, or like in, in the way art has technically gone down. And I wouldn't say that art is going down in any way. Okay. And in fact, I've seen genius work from people in the last few years that has, has just been created. There, hmm. There's so many talented contemporary artists right now. It's yeah. just they, they aren't being seen in galleries. See, that's that's the thing. That's the problem, I right. feel like. It's, it's sort of... The exposure um, is It's not very there. exclusionary as far as what's yeah. being put into museums. You get it from... I think it's uh, a very, very tight funnel neck that yeah. only a handful of artists that are really being put in. And also you have to take into account throughout history, um, art or pieces of artwork get refined. So you yeah. aren't going to see, you know, you, you lose pieces. And so it's really not necessarily the best of the best that mm-hmm. survive. But I would say that the art with the most value is oftentimes what we keep. Mm-hmm. And so it'll take a couple hundred years for us to to see what from our period is, is of most value uh, or like yeah. what pieces are, are the most significant. But um, in, in the meantime, I think it's just important for people to keep creating. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I think create uh, keeping, you know, the creative, you know, uh, trend going is you have to. That that needs to be done. And I think there's a lot of ways that modern schooling and modern um, – yeah, I would say modern schooling and probably even a lot of aspects of the culture in general mm-hmm. don't encourage art um and as much as I would like to see. Right. I mean, I remember, you know, having art class as a younger person and that was great up until or I want to say fifth grade. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that yeah, was, I think that's when they stopped uh, like having an art school I an mean, art class, excuse me. Um you know, a mandatory part of your thing. And then right. from there, it just went to a bunch of other topics and subjects. Absolutely. Now, in terms of education, what do you think, uh, well, what do you, yeah, what do you think the educators and maybe the schools and the other institutions and maybe the Department of Education or whatever, what do you think they could do to make art more appreciated within the uh, zeitgeist, but mm-hmm. uh, only more appreciated, but more understood? Right. Um, I would say art history is something that so many people could benefit from understanding mm-hmm. because reflecting on where we are artistically tells so much about who we are as human beings. Yeah. And we can understand ourselves so much better as a culture if we understand our roots, essentially. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that 100%. Um, you know, speaking about roots, um, 
something that happened, uh, you know, throughout uh, the last. So it started in 2014, and then it, you know it, it went on up till you know I want to even say beginning of 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that was really close to my heart uh, was when um, you know ISIS took over Iraq, oh, yeah. uh, northern Iraq, and they you know basically started destroying um, ancient relics. Right. So relics from, you know, ancient Sumeria, ancient Assyria, um, the Akkadian relics. Um, they were destroying um, Roman relics that were found in, in Petra. In, yep. uh, not in Petra, in uh, uh, in Syria, I mean. Um, they found, And they, they considered this a form of cultural cleansing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that was that was what they what they did. And I remember watching these videos mm-hmm. and I, 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 I didn't want to watch these videos, but I remember watching these videos and I remember crying while watching these yep. videos because not only did I feel like um, something that the world, you know, was necessary for the world to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the first, you know, on the oldest artwork. Uh, not you know, Now that it's gone, that was that was that was sad. But it was also like, you know, I. In a weird way, and this sounds so strange, like I felt um, in my memory of my ancestors being destroyed. Right. And it was really um, – that's what really made me get really sad mm-hmm. was that, that, that initial, that initial uh, feeling. And that – I mean that's – see, I, the thing is like that's when – like 2014 is when I realized – like how much art meant to me, mm-hmm. and it took you know a couple thousand crazy people to destroy uh, some of the most precious uh, artwork of my uh, my heritage. So right. you know it's it's sad that it took it you know it it, it took tragedy to shake me out of my apathy right. for well, for my love of art. Well, the thing is, it, it this happens throughout history. There is no yeah. greater tragedy than erasing parts of who we are as yeah. human beings because then we get a really dishonest view of ourselves. Yes. You know, it's the, the part of the victories writing history. And yeah. you, you've seen this all throughout history, especially yep. it, when you consider any culture that has existed within South America. Yeah. You look oh, at the yeah. fact that we have three copies of any of the codexes from <laughs> Aztecs. And, and these are amazing works of art that yeah. we're not inherently meant to be artistic, but mm-hmm. to, to lose such important aspects of who we are as human beings gone, yeah. is is beyond tragic. Exactly. And, and I had the same feeling because I also really love ancient Egyptian, uh, the whole culture itself and I, I really when I was younger I used to read a lot about it mm-hmm. um, but something that I was really sad to, when I you know, read this a long time ago is you know when the Christians came mm-hmm. you know, Saint uh, was it Mark yeah I think Mark he went to Egypt and he, you know that was one of the oldest you know Christian communities one of the first Christian communities ever created and what they ended up doing was going to a lot of the you know temples and you know places uh, you know uh, for the Egyptian gods and you know taking off the faces, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, uh, these were, quote unquote, uh, not your gods. But the thing is, was the thing is, like, when people when people destroy this type of stuff, you know, the history, mm-hmm. that's the history of that was the history of them. You know? Right. But they were gladly to destroy it because, you know, something that they saw was much, much more important, you know, in that case, religion. Well, at least in both the cases I'm talking about is religion. Right. But surprise, surprise. But, um, yeah, I would say that. When the, when these acts happen, it's not only a tragedy to the people that it's happening to, like you know the destruction of the Temple of Jerusalem. That was also a tragedy, of course, um, because the the architectural work there was it was incredible, according to uh, historians. 
Um, but when this happens, I, I see this as some of the worst acts that humanity can do. Right. And it's, it's an, uh, um, really it's an offense to our species as a yeah. whole. Oh, God, you're right. You're not hurting those people. You're hurting all of us. Yeah. Exactly. You're hurting, you're hurting every, everybody. And you're, like you said, you're hurting the understanding of our civilization as, as, as a world. You know, you're, you're hurting the understanding of our, I guess, because I would say that, you know, that art is a sense making apparatus. Right. Right. Art allows us to make sense of the world. Uh And especially back then, when before this case, before the scientific method. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, I'm a huge proponent of the scientific method. I love the scientific method, method, but, <laughs> but I, I do think that, um, if our, if our main sense making apparatus was just art, mm-hmm. like it was many years ago, yeah. it would be a very fascinating place to live. Absolutely. I don't know if it would be, uh, the most advanced place in the world <laughs> or the most, you know, amazing place, but I could tell you it would be the, one of the most, uh, Fascinating, interesting, because ancient Egypt, for instance, everything was art. Even mm-hmm. the language was written in artwork. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So it was uh, that that to me was so strange because of the hieroglyphics. And even when you look at, um, you know, Chinese and Mandarin, Mandarin. and, and uh, Cantonese, I mean, the way uh, the calligraphy is written, it's so beautiful. I mean, right. It, it, I, st- I took Arabic in, 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 uh, in college mm-hmm. and looking at some of the calligraphy, the way it was written, it's so uh it's so intricate. It's so beautiful. And right. it's like, how do you make, you know, words look so damn great? But again, it's, it's the vision of the artist. Right. That's what, that's what it takes. And that's what it is. Um, so I guess my, my other question that I have for you here is, let me see. Do you think that for the young people out there, for the, for the people that, are not necessarily sure whether mm-hmm. or not they want to, you know, continue their artwork into something more serious, want to, you know, um, try this as a career path. What do you have to say for those people? Because I, there's a ton of people out there right. that were uh, in your position maybe five, ten years ago, and they're, you know, coming to themselves, they're learning about themselves, they're learning about the world. And their main source of communicating their understanding, you know, because taking, you know, abstract concepts, taking, you know, your reality, your senses and bringing those together, that integration and their integration is the art. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to say for the for the people out there that are thinking about this as a career path? What would you, your advice be to them? Well, um, see, that's throughout history. It is true that a lot of artists, unless they get strong patronage, do suffer. And so. Mm-hmm. Personally, you have to be willing to some degree to suffer for your mm-hmm. art if it's it's a if it's a passion. If yes. it's if you're trying to just make money doing graphic work for people, that's actually very easy and that's very practical. Yeah. There are ways that you can make art more practical to make money, but oftentimes I think the the soul sometimes can uh, be not necessarily stripped away from that, but you do lose some aspects. So it's it's okay to make money off of your art, but accept that doing it for other people is not going to be the same as doing it for yourself. Yeah. So in a sense. What you're saying is like understand that there there is going to be difficulties, right? Mm-hmm. But also that 
the meaning that you're going to be getting out of it is something that that's worth all of it. Right. Absolutely. Well, that's what I feel is uh, even though I do work for other people, sometimes I do feel deeply enriched by the ideas that they are asking me for. Like everything I've done for you, I felt <laughs> is is so valuable that I get really excited. It's, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm working for somebody else. And well, yeah, that's that's really cool. And thanks. That's yeah, really. That's really nice of you to say. And yeah, I, I feel like when it comes to artwork. And it comes to, you know, young people wanting to engage in this stuff. I think another important thing for, you know, any parent who's listening out there, mm-hmm. um, what, what do you think parents need to do when they have an artistic child? Um, because I think it's essential. This is essential. This is an essential part of whether or not a person will, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of what your parents can say at a young age can really dictate where you go and, you know, for the next 10 years. And then you could realize like, wow, they were so wrong and then just go a different way. <laughs> so what would you say to parents out there that have a young child that is artistic and is, is showing, you know, forms of artwork and they're, well, they're, they're young? What do you got to say? Right. I would say don't stifle it because okay. regardless of if they do choose to make a career out of it, it's so important for every person to recognize their own inner sense of creativity because yeah. it is therapeutic to everyone, not just the the professional artists. To, to, to spend a day just drawing or painting is so healing to mm-hmm. any person. So yeah, let, exactly. let that flourish and what, whatever may happen will happen. Of course, of course. So, yeah, I mean – First thing is I, I want to say is thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having of me. Of course. And thank you for really giving me an idea of where and how you come to creating your artwork. Because I think, you know, when people could see the artwork on, on while they're listening to this, to this show, they can see it and understand it. But, you know, now to hear it from from your mouth and hear what you got to say and how you get to a position of where, you know, you're able to make this stuff and feel, you know, fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, and a big thing that I like talking about is, uh, and a big thing I try to promote on the show is, you know, people out there need to actually start working and fighting for their happiness. Yes. And I think some of the best ways we can fight for our happiness is doing something that makes us happy yep. and doing something that allows us to show ourselves to the world in the most pure and honest way. And yeah. I think your work out there has really shown that. So quickly before we end. Again, I want to thank you. And again, I want to say, please, everybody check out her artwork. And where (laughs) would that artwork be? Please plug. Um, I am awkward underscore hermit on Instagram. I am awkward dash hermit on both uh, Tumblr and DeviantArt. And otherwise, I still have yet to build a website, but eventually it's going to be awkward dash hermit at something. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, again, I want to thank you and uh, tell all the uh, uh, listeners out there, please, please, please check out her art and please get into it. Like, go to an art gallery, do something with art, buy a work of art, you know, support a local artist, support somebody you know and you love that that does art. Because really, this is how we're going to get things going, get things moving. Thank you, and everybody have a great day. Mm -hmm.